I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. On this episode of Newt's World, President Biden announced his new American Jobs Plan, which I personally call Biden's American Job Killing Plan, on Wednesday in Pittsburgh. The proposed cost of this plan is $2,250,000,000,000, allegedly for infrastructure investment. But as we break down the $2,250,000,000,000 today, you'll hear it's not all to rebuild bridges and highways. This is after Biden and the left-wing controlled House and Senate passed the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan. And, in fact, Biden revealed in his Pittsburgh press conference that he intends to move forward with another expensive package, which will be called the American Families Plan at a future date. I'm adding up these trillions and trillions of dollars, and I can't help but wonder, where is all the money going? And what impact will that scale of national debt have both on our economy and on our children's future and the burden they will carry their entire lifetime. I talk about all this in a context that's unique. As Speaker of the House, I worked with President Bill Clinton. We met for 35 days at the White House hammering out four consecutive balanced budgets, the only federal budget to be balanced in our lifetime. So it particularly disturbs me as a fiscal conservative to witness the left wing go on this wild spending spree. Now, here to help us better understand how to follow the money is my guest, Adam Andrzejewski, founder and CEO of OpenTheBooks.com. One of the things I'm struck with is that when you start getting bills that are a trillion dollars, nobody actually knows what's in them. 
I mean, maybe some of the staff know parts of it because they wrote it, but it's totally beyond any legislative experience because you couldn't possibly read these things, know what they referenced. Do you find that this pattern of writing unreadable bills is getting worse? I do think that the legislation in Congress is getting worse. All of us remember the 5,600-page spending bill right at the end during Christmas of 2020 that was dropped with two hours to go before the vote. So at OpenTheBooks.com, we actually have a petition that's been turned into legislation in the Senate already. And the petition campaign is called Read the Bill, 72-hour legislative timeout to simply read the bill. Because do we have a representative republic if our representatives don't have time to simply read what they're voting on? And Florida U.S. Senator Rick Scott turned that into legislation. It's a great bill, and it would even require an affidavit from every United States senator saying that they did read the bill. Part of what I learned, sadly, when I was a member is sometimes even when you read the bill, you don't know what you're talking about because the bill will have all sorts of references to other legislation that already exists. Well, yes, on page 305 of that bill, because our auditors read the bill and we found a new perk for federal workers. And this takes care of a couple of friends from Nancy Pelosi's Democrats and Chuck Schumer's Democrats. It takes care of the teachers' unions, because here's how it works. If your school shut, or even if it's hybrid, if it's not back full-time, federal employees can take up to 21 weeks where they're paid to stay home. It's not $1,400 once in a check. It's 15 weeks, $21,000 total. So they opened up a new benefit for federal workers, and it's costly. This new fund they set up at the Treasury Department, they put $570 million in there. Do you just think there's sort of an attitude of, let's throw money at our friends? Well, and it goes to a point. The Democrats were ready. They had the plans on the shelf that if Joe Biden won the presidency, they were ready to go on day one. I mean, how else can you propose $6 trillion worth of spending in 100 days? They had their plans ready. They pulled it down from their inventory, and they're putting it forward on their wish list. And it's like you know, going to a big fat smorgasbord, they're going to eat everything in sight from taxpayers. You know, contrast that back to 2017. Look, I've been very hard on Paul Ryan in the House. He wasn't ready to go. And even after he left the speakership, he said, spending and debt, those were the issues that got away. Well, look, during boom times, racking up trillion-dollar deficits, those are the only issues on the table. How could they be the ones that got away if you're a fiscal conservative? It's interesting. There's a bias here that says, you know, you can't cut taxes. In fact, I think the most recent Biden proposal says if we send you money— your local government or your state government cannot cut taxes. It can raise spending, but it can't cut taxes. So the bias against letting you keep the money in your own pocket is pretty amazing. It is amazing. And furthermore, as you know, Newt, Nancy Pelosi's house, they changed the allocation formula on the blue state bailout, the $350 billion. So we did the math. There was a $31 billion shift because the old traditional allocation would have been based on the state's population. Well, they redid it, and it was based on the fourth quarter of 2020, the unemployment rate. That had the effect of shifting $31 billion. And four states received $17 billion extra, and those states were California and New York, 
which each got more than $6 billion extra because of the formula change. The other states that reaped $2 billion and $2 billion were Illinois and New Jersey. The big loser, of course, was Florida because Governor DeSantis, he kept the state open. They resisted the economic lockdown. Florida is flourishing. I think it's the openness of it in these bills that has surprised me. They're not making any pretense of fairness, and they're going out to take care of their allies to deliberately not take care of average Americans in the other states around the country. Aren't you kind of surprised by the sheer brazenness of it? It's brazen, and I think it's going to continue. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. As you look at Washington, how does Washington compare with state governments in terms of its spending patterns? 
So, you know, we like to say Illinois is the Super Bowl of corruption, but I do think our federal government is the Super Bowl of corruption. And look, I think right now there is reverse subsidiarity. Our local units of government, you know, used to be the cleanest. Washington, D.C., it's massive overspending. But the reason Washington, D.C. is so bad is because we have reverse subsidiarity nowadays. Our local units of government are actually some of the most corrupt. So by the time that they get promoted all the way to Washington, D.C., these are not small, limited government fiscal conservatives, even in the Republican Party. These are big spenders. And I think we have an example of that from two weeks ago, when in the House, the Republicans took a secret vote, and it was 102 to 84, to bring back the currency of corruption in Congress, and that's the practice of earmarking. So explain to our audience, what is earmarking and why does it lead to corruption? So earmarking has been called by our former honorary chairman, Dr. Tom Coburn, who was the legendary U.S. senator from Oklahoma, the gateway drug to corruption and overspending. Because here's how it works. Remember when former House Speaker Denny Hastert, he comes from Illinois, and OpenTheBooks.com is based in Illinois. We remember in 2005 when Hastert bought a piece of farm ground, and then two years later put a $207 million earmark to build a road through his farm ground. Four months after that, his trust sold his farm ground and reaped millions of dollars. This is how earmarks work. It's like $1 million on this pet project for the Woodstock Museum up in the state of New York, or a half million dollars for the Teapot Museum that went into North Carolina, or the $50 million that built an indoor rainforest in the state of Iowa. These are pork barrel projects and Legislators get them, and it greases the skids to get their vote on big spending, aid, relief, omnibus bills that aren't in the favor of taxpayers. I've concluded that we really had to abolish the earmarks because they had been so corrupted and were so clearly a currency that it was, in effect, an internal, virtually a form of bribery to say to members, if you do what the leadership wants, you can get projects for your district in a way that I thought really had decayed. I don't know that it used to be that bad, but people figured out the game, and it really got to be pretty outrageous before they abolished it. And I think it's very, very destructive to bring it back, frankly. Bringing back earmarks is akin to bringing back the swine flu. You know, and people forget just how bad it was in 2005 when there was about 15,000 of these special projects stuffed into spending bills. And, you know, people were going to jail. It was the lobbyist Jack Abramoff for bribing legislators in Congress. It was Republican congressman from California, Duke Cunningham. Duke Cunningham admitted at one point to $2.4 million he accepted bribes from lobbyists, including a Rolls-Royce a yacht, and a 19th century Louis-Philippe commode, a toilet. So look, it is the currency of corruption. Democrats proposed 10 of these earmarks per member. That means we're going to get 4,350 of these winkers to the tune of 1% of discretionary spending. That's about $13 billion a year. That's really wild. Now, when you were describing these things, were these actually things that members were getting Yes. So the members would put these 
earmarks into a bill. So for instance, there was a member of Congress from Florida down near Tallahassee, $3.4 million went to build tunnels for tortoises underneath a Florida highway. It's these kinds of projects where, quote unquote, you bring home the bacon. And unfortunately, when the Democrats proposed the earmarks to put pork back on the table after a 10-year hiatus, these things have been banned for 10 years, Republicans now, rather than draw a clear delineation between Republican spending and Democratic spending, they're going along with it. But we call on Mitch McConnell in the Senate. He can put an end to this. He could say no Republican votes on an appropriations bill if it contains earmarks. Since right now they need to get the 60 votes, he could show some real leadership on this issue. What's your view of the long-term fiscal impact of the sort of skyrocketing spending? To be honest, I was for a substantial amount of spending during the actual pandemic because I thought that unless you propped up the economy, you could face an enormous problem. But now it's like people have forgotten that the credit card eventually comes due and they're running around like 15-year-olders with their first credit card. Well, it's very true. We've taken a look at the rise in the national debt since 2008. In 2008, it was $10 trillion. When Donald Trump came in in 2016, it was nearly $20 trillion. Now, after this latest American Rescue Act that passed last month, now our national debt's going north of $30 trillion. The sheer rise in the national debt is very troubling. I'm sure you remember, Newt, back in 2012, Barack Obama's chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, I believe his name was Michael Mullins, he said that long-term, the greatest national security threat is our national debt. Our honorary chairman, Dr. Tom Coburn, who passed a year ago, he actually wrote the book called The Debt Bomb. He says this thing works right up until the cliff moment when it doesn't, and we agree. How long can the U.S. continue to borrow money on this scale? Well, I'm going to leave that to the economists, but it looks like right now with President Joe Biden that he has a goal, and that's to spend $6 trillion in his first 100 days. Let's put that number in perspective. The entire budget previous to the pandemic, and they were spending way too much money. They were racking up trillion dollar budget deficits, adding a trillion dollars during boom times to the national debt was somewhere around 4.4 trillion. So for Biden to propose $6 trillion worth of spending in his first 100 days, this is unprecedented. And I think this is just the beginning. I think he has another big bill coming. I just was listening today to Fox and Friends where they had found another $150 billion for schools buried in the new infrastructure bill. So if you were actually to go through and just find every commitment to the teachers' unions, it probably now is in excess of $600 billion. It's astonishing. So just over the course of the last 12 months, Newt, let's kind of go through the sheer amount of money Congress has thrown at our K-12 schools. Through the calendar year 2020, they allocated $80 billion to K-12 through schools. And the schools, it was so much money, they couldn't even spend $10 billion of it. And then last month, in the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Act, in one fell swoop, they allocated $128 billion to K-12 through schools. The Congressional Budget Office did the math and a third of it won't even be spent till after the next presidential election. Now you're exactly right in this new infrastructure proposal. 
$100 billion of additional monies allocated through K-12 through schools. I mean, give us a break. This is in an environment where many of the teachers' unions don't want to go back to teach. Look at the Chicago Public Schools. I did a piece for the academic journal, City Journal, at the Manhattan Institute. And we took a look at Chicago Big Education, Inc., So the Chicago public schools, out of the classroom for 12 months, the parochial schools, the Catholic schools, they were in there in September of 2020 teaching. The average teacher in the parochial schools on salary makes 40 grand. If you have a PhD at the end of your career, you top out at 60,000 as a a top paid teacher in the parochial schools. They're back in the classroom. The Chicago public schools took $100 million from Congress to upgrade their infrastructure and their buildings and their schools. And they didn't even go back into the classroom for a year while 21,000 Chicago public school teachers make on average $108,000 on salary perks and pension benefits. So we're right back to the same business where if you actually listed the total lifetime cost of one year of the highest paid teacher in Chicago, the numbers would be just breathtaking. And if you then learned that, by the way, they also didn't show up for work for a year, the system's kind of going crazy. Well, it is. And I've got a great example out of the nation's fifth largest school district in Baltimore the Baltimore City Public Schools. It was Fox 45 Project Baltimore. They found that there was a student who was in line to be a senior, had passed three classes through his first three years of school. They kept promoting him. He had a GPA of 0.13. He was a straight F student. He'd passed three classes. They kept promoting him. The Baltimore City Schools, our auditors found, that their 2020 budget is $1.4 billion, and they can't even educate. It's so broke that they had promoted this student through the system, and they just had to kick him back to freshman year. You do run into these stories where somebody ends up as valedictorian even though they had never passed a single course. There seems to be a decay, particularly in our big city schools. You mentioned Baltimore, where there, I think, are five buildings in which not a single student could pass the state exam, not one. And there's something about this whole endemic level of corruption. You know, you give me the money, but I don't have to give you any work. That I think is a real cancer at the heart of the American system now. Well, it it really is, Newt, and specific to Baltimore. They spend a tremendous amount of money, up to $18,000 per K through 12 pupil. So this is an extraordinary amount of money being spent for a wholesale lack of education output. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Adam, tell us, how did you come to found OpenTheBooks.com? Well, Mr. Speaker, we founded OpenTheBooks.com because we hail from Illinois, and Illinois is the Super Bowl of corruption. And so we saw what U.S. Senator at the time, Dr. Tom Coburn, was doing on a national basis when he opened the federal checkbook up to sunshine for the first time ever. And we thought if it was good for the feds, it would be great for Illinois. So we started our project locally first to put every dime online in real time in Illinois. And then over the course of time, we partnered with Dr. Coburn. We took the mission writ large on a national basis. And last year, we filed 40,000 Freedom of Information Act requests. It was the most in American history. We successfully captured $6 trillion of state, federal, and local spending. And what did you learn trying to dig into the Illinois system? So we were the first to put nearly every single public employee at every level of Illinois government online, exposing their salaries and their pensions for the first time ever. And within our first week of that exposure, we found that a school district treasurer made up to $296,000. In the previous year, he made about half of that. Now, that was Cook County. And in Cook County, the prosecutor can't find public corruption anywhere. But even in Cook County, it took her about nine months, but she indicted that school treasurer and he ended up serving time in the federal penitentiary. Did he increase his salary illegally? Was that what happened? He was taking uh, PTO time and cashing it in, which was bumping his salary, which was bumping his pension credit. And he was doing this without board authorization. So when the citizens raised their voice, they knew something wasn't right. You can't pay, even in Illinois, a school treasurer up to 300 grand. The board investigated and then the prosecutor indicted, the treasurer pled and served time in the penitentiary. I've been exploring the idea that we should list the lifetime cost of every public employee so that if we're going to hire you for one year, but that then builds into a pension fund, we should actually count not just your current salary, 
but the total cost that you're going to cost the taxpayer for that one year, which turns out to be, of course, dramatically higher than just the one-year salary. Is that a practical idea to try to do that? I agree with that, and that's something that we've been considering adding to our website at openthebooks.com. Here's why it's important. This week, we found that if you're a lifeguard in L.A. County, the top-earning lifeguard in 2019 made $392,000. And if you take a look at their pay and pension package, if you're 50 years old as an L.A. lifeguard, after 20 years of service, you can retire on half your pay. After 30 years, you can retire on 80% of your pay. So, look, your public policy idea of printing the lifetime cost right up next to their salary, their pay, their perquisites, and their pension benefits, I think that's a good idea. I have to stop you for a second because I'm obviously too naive. You had a lifeguard? How could you get to $392,000? Well, his base salary is about two hundred five. He's got about $60,000 of extra benefits, including free sunscreen allowance, and then his pension and health care benefits every year on his base salary run another $120,000. You add it all up, and he was the top-earning lifeguard. He was the chief, the acting chief lifeguard, and he made three hundred and ninety-two grand. But the overtime amongst L.A. lifeguards is milking L.A. County taxpayers like a dairy cow. We had 31 lifeguards make between $50,000 and $131,000 in overtime alone last year. It is absolutely crazy that on the sunny beaches of California, these guys, and they're mostly guys, they're just knocking down massive, massive amounts of money. Now, are they state or county employees? Those are county in L.A. County, and they actually work for the fire district in L.A. County. Are they lifeguards like at the beach or in swimming pools or what? So there is a difference between the ocean lifeguards, and that's the ones that we're talking about, and then the pool lifeguards. The average salary of the pool lifeguards is a little less than 50000 which is still a lot of money. Yeah, my wife, as a teenager, was a lifeguard in Whitehall, Wisconsin. I think I'm going to tell her she may have had the wrong career track. Well, we took a look at the lifeguards in New York City, and the top earner was at 168 grand in all of the state of Florida. And this is a really good story because it shows the difference between New York, California, and a fiscally well-run state like Florida. The top lifeguard in the state of Florida only made 118 grand. Now that's still too much, but it's not 392,000. That's just an astonishing story. What's your advice to Americans who want to be reformers? What should they do? How can they be effective? So I think people need to raise their voice. And look, we make it easy for people to do this at OpenTheBooks.com. Tell us for a minute, what are your plans for Open the Books and how can people help you? So at OpenTheBooks.com, we believe that transparency revolutionizes United States public policy and politics. And we're not going to stop filing Freedom of Information Act requests on spending till we've captured every dime taxed and spent at every level of government across the entire country. And we're hiring a team of auditors to give all of that oversight. So not only do we open the books, but we also audit them and the audits make national news. And can people join Open the Books? How do people engage with you? So just come to OpenTheBooks.com and you can just sign up to get on our list. We encourage you to become a part of our team. The other thing that we have is we have interactive maps. 
So on this blue state bailout of the $350 billion and the 30,000 localities, you're going to want to know how much your hometown received out of that bill. And we mapped it. There's 50 pins in our map. You just click a pin, which is your state, and scroll down and see how much your hometown received. My hometown received $2 million, and we're the 38th richest place in the country, according to Bloomberg. We don't need the money. After that, raise your voice. Ask your mayor. Ask your city council. You know, why do we need this money from Congress? Can't we send it back? And then track it. If they don't send it back, track that money, follow up with requests, audit those dollars, and make sure that they spend it without any hint of corruption. In a sense, with the tools you're providing and the data that you're providing, virtually every citizen could become a volunteer auditor. Absolutely. That's our objective, to make government spending relevant for regular people where they live to hold the political class accountable for tax and spend decisions. I can imagine, for example, that some high schools and colleges might actually set up projects built around your tools and have their classes learning in a very real way, not just theoretically, what's going on in government today. Right. We've partnered with USA Today, for example, twice. Once on the rich hospitals, nonprofits that were reaping huge profits and their CEOs that were making a lot of money as CEOs of nonprofit hospitals. And then we took a look at how much money those hospitals were receiving during the pandemic. And what's actually happened, Newt, is that those hospitals have gotten wealthier during the pandemic. They may have furloughed employees. They may have shut down services. But net-net to their bottom line, many of these quote-unquote nonprofit hospitals actually added to their net assets. They made profits during the 2020 pandemic because of the sheer largesse of our money coming out of Congress. Adam. I want to thank you. I think as a citizen, you're one of those social entrepreneurs, and you've invented something here which could really have a long-term effect. I wish we'd had the level of detailed knowledge that you're bringing to bear back when we were balancing the budget in the 1990s. And I hope that people will begin to realize just how much the bureaucracies are ripping us off and how much corruption there is in the way we allocate money to take care of political needs rather than to take care of the country's needs. So, Adam, I really appreciate your sharing with us. I wish you well, and I have a hunch over the next few years you're going to stay very, very busy. I think this is our moment, unfortunately. It is a target-rich environment in Washington, D.C., and our team of auditors knew we're ready. Thank you to my guest, Adam Andrzejewski. You can read more about Open the Books on our show page at newtsworld.com. Newt's World is produced by Gingrich 360 and iHeartMedia. Our executive producer is Debbie Myers. Our producer is Garnsey Sloan. And our researcher is Rachel Peterson. The artwork for the show was created by Steve Penley. Special thanks to the team at Gingrich 360. If you've been enjoying Newt's World, I hope you'll go to Apple Podcast and both rate us with five stars and give us a review so others can learn what it's all about. Right now, listeners of Newt's World can sign up for my three free weekly columns at gingrich360.com newsletter. I'm Newt Gingrich. This is Newt's World.
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work.